Be seated, everybody. If you see me in the middle of the message, running off the platform, heading for the car park with my wife by the hand, it's because the baby's come, okay? <laughs> so don't panic. Somebody will take over. The Holy Spirit will take over. It's great to see you all. How are you keeping? Cold morning, eh? That's why you, make it to, you made it to the 2.30? Waiting for the sun to warm up a bit? Amen. Well, it's great to see you all. We continue the series. We're going to have the, the background set up in a minute. Um, but it's all about hungering and thirsting for righteousness today. So it's a great topic. And I'd like us to turn into our Bibles to Matthew 6. Uh, sorry, Matthew 5. The well-known Beatitudes. Matthew 5. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, we thank you for your word. We ask you that the message today, your word, will penetrate our hearts. It will give us, it will give us a new insight into who you are. That we will get to know your righteousness, Lord, who you are to us. And that righteousness will turn us to be more like you every day, in every encounter, in every passage that we read. Come, Holy Spirit, guide us today. Show us the love of the Father revealed to us. How much Jesus cared. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst. Not after riches, honors, and pleasures of this world, but the righteousness, the righteousness of God. And by this is meant not just human justice and equity. It's not what we believe is right and wrong or just, or unjust. If a person is oppressed or injured, it's not, all, it's not either a legal, moral, standard, not even to do with the old traditions of Judaism and the whole law, but it's to do with salvation. Righteousness is imputed by God through Christ. 
And as we know, we can only get to that by faith and by faith alone, by trusting and putting our faith in him. To, to hunger and thirst after this. Suppose that I want righteousness for myself. Which is actually the case of all men. And maybe righteousness doesn't mean much to you. And you're thinking, I don't, kind of difficult to relate to that word, justice, righteousness. Well, we're going to unpack a little bit what righteousness means. But if it means one thing, it means that righteousness will come and fill what we call sometimes the God-shaped hole that is inside of us. That's where righteousness sits. It's like when we come alive, when we receive Jesus into our hearts. Why do we feel that way? Why do we feel that we have never lived until that day, until that day that Jesus comes into our heart? The reason is because there was a space, there was something in us that was hungering and thirsting for that righteousness, for that connection with God. Jesus' job was basically to restore that connection that we had with God. And when we get that connection back, we get a whole lot of other things. We get to be adopted into his family. We get to be called sons and daughters of his. And that is what feels the deepest needs in our hearts. And it takes time as we go through the Christian life to to let that righteousness penetrate and work in every area of your life. I don't know if you notice, but so many times in church life, we, we get somebody say, well, somebody new come to the church and they accept Christ. And the next thing is we do give them a list of rules that they have to follow. And um, they go like, what is going on? If you sit down yourself and read the Bible, you realize that the Holy, that's the Holy Spirit's job. And as we seek for his righteousness, he will show us different areas of, your, of our lives that we need, that need to align to what he's thought for us. It may mean that you have to change a sinful um, attitude or activity, or it may mean that something that you do good, you can do better. It's not necessarily focused on the, pos- on the negative of what you're, what you're doing wrong. It's focusing on what can you do with God inside of you? What, where can we go if we trust only in him? And um, so there's, there's a sense of being filled, it says here. And the consequence of righteousness is joy and peace It also says in the word that they will be satisfied. And the word feel or satisfied is used, but but it actually comes from other places where it was used in the Bible. And I thought it was quite interesting because um, in Revelation 19, 21, it says that it's applied to the feeding and fattening of animals to be eaten. So you want them really full up. That's the word that says you'll be satisfied. You'll be filled with that righteousness when you hunger and thirst. Well, 
apart from the obvious, I think it's interesting that if you look in the Bible, the fat is the abundance. So there's an abundance of righteousness for us. There's an abundance of God and his presence for us when we thirst and go after him. That almost will fill, will blow up of so much that we had. Amen. Amen. But, it's, but it certainly takes something from us, which is to, to do the hungering and to do the thirsting. And, it, and it's not easy sometimes because, because of the things that happen around us, because of how this world goes about. But I like to think it this way. I like to think it that going after his righteousness is going after him because it's who he is. So when you spend time reading his word, when you spend time in his presence at home or here in church or wherever, in the tube, you are letting, first of all, you are seeking that. You are thirsting and hungering after him, who he is, his righteousness. But also, you are letting yourself be influenced and be turned more and more into Jesus. Because that righteousness rubs off on us. We can see that clearly when Moses saw so clearly God, and not only God, but his goodness. He just saw actually his goodness. And his face was radiant. The same way every time that we spend time with God, we should come out understanding that something has changed. I'd like to propose to you that if, when we experience his presence, when we have those times, if we don't come out with a sense that something has changed in our heart, probably we haven't let the Holy Spirit do his work on us. And this is not to bring condemnation and suddenly get you to beat yourself up and thinking, oh my God, am I letting God do the work in me or not? But it will be good if you have some of the fruits of the Spirit after you experience some time in the Spirit. You come out with joy, with peace. Does it feel like you are letting God in some of your problems to tell you what he thinks about them? Or you just gave him a shopping list of what you need and just walked away from it. Because the Holy Spirit will be there. He will be waiting on you. But I think that so many times we miss what he wants to do with us because we are so busy thinking what, he, what we want from him. Rather than just spending time and say, God, you know what? Why don't you come into those areas that sometimes I don't let you into? Because, um, you know, how can you meet the God of the universe, the one who created the galaxies, and, and still be the same person? I remember a few years ago when I came to London, I had a job as a waiter in a very posh hotel. And um, this actually happened. I was uh, called up to prepare a club sandwich because the, the chef was gone, so I had to, wait, I was to be the waiter and the chef. And, um, and a bottle of beer was requested from the kitchen. So I was sitting there. I said, I know how to do a sandwich. It's not a big deal. When I went up, this uh, amazing lounge area that the hotel had, still has, I think. Who was sitting there? Pierce Brosnan. At that time, 007. 
And I'm thinking, have I just walked into a movie? Oh my God, this is so surreal. And I went with my little shaking a bit. I'm thinking, anytime things are going to start blowing up in here. You know, and, and I went back down to the kitchen and we crossed a few words. But I felt something change after I met the guy. And he's just a movie star, an actor. I suddenly felt more bold, and I don't know. It was strange, right? Another time I remember I was just hanging around because I didn't have a job. It was when I, when I first came to London. So I said, well, I'm going to do some sightseeing because I'm sure when I'm working, I'm not going to get to do any sightseeing. And I was outside Westminster Abbey, and out of the complete blue again, Ing comes out from the, from the side door, the Archbishop of Canterbury. He goes, walks straight to me and shakes my hand. And I'm standing there thinking, what is going on here? I seen you in the TV, on the TV. And, um, and the guy said, hey, where are you from? Well, I said, well, I'm a, are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. I'm here to do Bible school. And so he invited me to a private area, which is a little chapel that is right next door to it. And uh, again, I came out of that thinking, I'm worth a million bucks, you know. I just met this, the head of the Church of England. He shook my hand. He invited me in. And I also felt it was a little bit of a treat from God. I don't know why. I don't know why it's for, but it felt nice. It felt nice. And it, I feel like it changed a little bit. Show me something. I don't know what. I, have, I can't put my finger on it. Sometimes that's what happens when you meet God. But let's make sure that something happens. Let's make sure that we keep that excitement, that we are looking for that thing every time we meet up with him. Because if not, then is, have we really met him? Have we? And what is the point of playing games? It's not point. And you know, there's so much more to this. We can be here for, for hours. If I have enough to tell you. But it's definitely an attitude of the heart. When we come into his presence, when we spend time with him. And I'd like to read another passage, if you can turn to it. It's in, um, this one is in uh, Matthew 6, I believe. Verse 25. Goes on say, therefore I tell you, don't worry about life, what you will eat or drink, and don't worry about this, and don't worry about your clothes. Can't you see that God looks after them? But it says in verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things should be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow we worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. And when I was reading this, I was thinking, what, what does he mean, you know, the kingdom of God? And because it goes hand to hand with his righteousness. And we talked to, a bit about the righteousness, but it's astonishing to me that when you get those two things, you get everything else. If we really could bring ourselves to believe that in the seeking of the kingdom of God 
and in the seeking of his righteousness, we really get everything else. We really get all of our needs met. We really get the deep and deepest longings of our hearts ministered to. And it's hard, it's hard. It's, I think, something that every believer struggles with. But if we can give a short definition of what the kingdom of God is or look like, it's his rule. It's basically how the kingdom of God works. What are the principles that are ruling his way of operation, the way he does things. And we know that the currency of the kingdom is faith, is faith. And we know that as we spend time in his presence, that is something that, that, is something that will grow on us. As, as we study his word, that is something that will grow on us. So I'll ask, I'll, I would like to ask you to think about yourself and, and those moments that you've had with, do, with, with God, the ones that seem to be a bit dull sometimes, the ones that were really excited for whatever reason. And how are you going to do it in the future? How are you going to do it in a few minutes when we're going to spend some time getting into the presence of God? I'd like us to think... Is your righteousness helping renew my mind to understand how your kingdom works, Lord? Is your presence really opening my heart to those things? And it's not because he's not willing. If that's not happening, we know that it's because we are not letting it at some level. And, and I guess one of the ways in which faith comes, and faith to believe all this that we certainly need, is by surrendering. See, the wisest people that we have in the Bible were people that surrendered to God. King David, King Solomon. They knew that they had to lay themselves down before God, even to the point of ridicule. Surrender and say, God, I don't know, but you do. Talk to me. I am listening and waiting on that. And by doing that, David achieved what I think is, I think that it, it, it's very overlooked, but it's one of the greatest things. His throne is forever. He said, the throne of David will be established. Through him, Jesus came to the world. The potential when we are willing to partner with God is limitless. And we need to start thinking along those terms. And it's really hard because circumstances in everyday life tell us differently. Always, this is the box and you, don't, you can't move out of it. These are the limits of what you can achieve. These are the limits of where you can go. If we believe that, even if we believe that with God, oh, I'm never going to be like such and such preacher in the sense of enjoying that sense of the presence of God. Then why, why would you ever get there? But our job is to have faith. Our job is to say, God, I open my heart, I surrender to you, 
Fill me with yourself. Fill me with your faith. Fill me with your wisdom. So that that righteousness could be shown through my life unto others. Amen? Because I only talked today about experience his righteousness through, through him. But I believe you can do it by reading the word and by the other believers. So many times I find myself being imparted the righteousness of God and the kingdom of God to me through somebody else, another fellow believer. Then the only thing I have to do is say, you know what? You know better. God has obviously put something in, my, in your heart that I can use. Let me take that. That is a great pearl. Amen? Glory to God. We're going to invite the worship team back if they're listening to me. And we're going to spend some time in his presence this afternoon. But before that, I want to ask if there's anybody here that don't know this righteousness, that don't know this Christ and God that we were talking about, I'd like to pray a prayer we, with all of us. And if we, if we all can join with our heads, we're going to pray this prayer together. It's a prayer of salvation. It's a prayer of inviting Jesus into your heart this afternoon. And if you want to do this because you say, Esteban, I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't experienced that joy. I have never experienced that peace. I don't understand what you, when you say walking with God or spending time in his presence. I haven't experienced that. Then this is what I'm talking about. By putting your faith in him, believing that he was sent of the Father to reconcile yourself with him. That's all you need to do this afternoon to start enjoying him and his presence. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are here with us this afternoon. We thank you, Lord, that we can be called your sons and daughters because you have died for us in the cross. This afternoon, Lord, I choose to believe that that's exactly what happened. You came to this earth to die for my sins so that I can call God my Father, so that I can come boldly into his presence, knowing that I am accepted, knowing that God loves me. Jesus, come into my heart right now. For I am a sinner and I need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to ask you, if you pray that prayer for the first time, if you acknowledge that for the first time in your life this afternoon, if you could lift up your hand, somebody will pray with you at the end of the service. Anybody that has accepted Jesus into their hearts, Amen. I will ask you then to stand up.